Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. That's right. Hey, if you haven't signed up for a small group yet, like you can still do that today. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the end of the message today. But uh, man, get signed up for a small group. They begin this week. And so it, um, it's definitely not too late to come be a part. Well, today we're wrapping up our message series called The Christian Atheist. And look, and it's not like someone can actually be a Christian and be an atheist at the same time. Okay, you, you can't do that. But there are these places in our lives like, where we act like God doesn't exist. So like, we act like an atheist. Look, and, the, and my hope is, is that through this series, that God would shine some light onto these places in our lives so that we can change. Because all it means is that there, there are these areas of our lives where we are not fully yielded to God's control in that area. And so my hope is, is that through this series, like those parts of our lives would become different. Like we would give God control of those areas. And we've talked about several things. We've talked about making decisions. We've talked about prayer. Last week we talked about worry. And so today we get to the last message and that is when I believe in God, but I don't tell anyone. Now, I'm gonna be honest, like this one has always been tough for me because like there's this part of me that like wants to tell people about Jesus and what he's done for me in my life. But then there's this other part of me that like, I don't want it to be awkward, you know, for them or for me. And so like I have this turmoil going on inside me. And I have these like pastor friends of mine that like for them, like it's not awkward at all. Like they just, and for instance, I've got some of these pastor friends of mine, like they love to go fly on a plane. And they love to go fly on a plane because they view it like as an opportunity. I mean, their, their thought is like, hey, like I've got this person sitting right next to me in a confined space. Like they can't get away. And I've got them for like two hours. And now, so for them, it feels like an opportunity. You know, to me, that feels like a hostage situation, right? <laughs> yeah, and so like, uh, and, and so for years, I felt guilty about like, you know, like if I don't talk to somebody on a plane about Jesus, that, you know, I'm somehow missing an opportunity that God might have given me. And, and couple that with the fact that like I grew up in a church where like they made you feel guilty like if you didn't share your faith with Christ. And they would say things like, like in my youth group, they would say things like, if someone's house was on fire and they didn't know it, I mean, wouldn't you tell them about it? That's what it's like for people that don't know Jesus. They're going to the fires of hell and they don't even know, so you gotta tell. I was like, oh! I mean, and so like I had this like guilt-driven turmoil inside that like I needed to go tell, but like I didn't want it to be weird, you know? And so it's hard for me. And, and look, and I've shared my faith on planes before. In fact, I even had one person become a Christ follower on an airplane. Like that was really cool. Now, I also had a lot of people that spend an extraordinary amount of time like in the bathroom because they, they were scared to come back to their seat. So like, I've done that before too. So, so like, so what do we do? Like, what do we do? And because I'm willing to bet you that a lot, of, a lot of us feel the same way. Like, we want to share our faith. We want to talk about Jesus because he's done so much for us and changed our lives. But, like, we don't want it to be weird. 
Like we want it to be natural. Want it to be genuine. And so, you know, there just has to be a way for that to happen, right? Well, how could that happen? Because none of us, I think, want to put people in a, like a spiritual hostage situation. So how can we tell people about Christ in a way that's more natural? Because look, if we don't, the truth is we actually do live like a Christian atheist because we're living like God doesn't exist if we never say anything. Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, one of the top five largest churches in America, said this. He said, the way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing in getting people there. I love that. Well, how, how do we do that? Well, let's look at what the disciples did because the disciples found themselves in a, in a situation almost just like us. Like they met Jesus and Jesus Christ changed their lives. But the disciples, when they told people about him, like it wasn't, it didn't come across as awkward. It wasn't awkward for them and it wasn't awkward for the people they were talking to. So how did they do that? Like what did they do so that these weird situations weren't created, and then what can we learn from them about how we can do it, okay? So let's ask the question, this is so good, pull out your message notes. What's the secret sauce? What is the secret sauce to tell people about Jesus without it being awkward? Well, I've got three ingredients for you today. Here they are, and all of them come from how the disciples did it. First ingredient is this, I need to just tell my story. I need to tell my story. Now, this first guy that we're gonna look at is a guy named Andrew. He's been hanging out with a guy named John the Baptizer. And when Jesus walks by, basically John says, look, the Lamb of God. Well, that piques Andrew's interest and also the interest of one of their friends. And so they go and they hang out with Jesus for an entire day. And after hanging out with Jesus for an entire day, their lives were changed. And after their lives were changed, they did what came naturally. So... Let's look what happens. In John chapter one, second half verse 35, it says, so they, that's Andrew and this other guy, they went and saw where he was staying, that's Jesus, and spent the day with him. And I want you to underline, spent the day with him. They spent the whole day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, so after he spent the day with Jesus, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. Nothing weird or awkward about that, right? I mean, basically Andrew was just telling his brother Peter what happened to him? Is it basically like, hey, we came across this guy, his name is Jesus, and after spending the day with him, I'm telling you, this guy is the real deal. Like, he is the Messiah. I mean, what I like about this is that Andrew just basically just told his story. Like, here's what happened. Now, we, we only get a tiny glimpse of, the, of all that he told his brother, but he just told him his story. I, uh, that's it. Like, he didn't try to manipulate Peter to, like, praying a prayer. He didn't try to convince him so that, you know, he would make a commitment right there on the spot. He basically just said, here's my story, and just leaves it out there. He just, just lays it out there for him. That's what he does. 
And you know, that's, that's really what we need to do. That's what you and I need to do. You need to just tell your story about what Jesus has done for you and just leave it out there. Look, and we each have a story, and your story is different from my story, but for us, it, would make the, it makes the conversation a whole lot less awkward if you just tell your story about how Jesus changed your life, and, th- and then you just let it sit there. Like, you don't have to hold a Bible-shaped gun to their head with all these verses and get them to try to, you know, pray a prayer right there in the moment and convert. I mean, not if they do, okay, that's fine, but that's not the point. The point is just to tell your story and let God use it for his, his, his purposes. Now, here's a hint so that the whole thing is not awkward, okay? The hint is this. Find a common element between your story and their life. Because if you find something in common, then that becomes an easy segue to start telling your story. So if they're talking about their life, you can say, oh, that exact same thing happened to me. And so then you tell your story. Or you're like, oh, I've experienced the same thing. And you just tell your story. Or you know what? I used to be just like that. And you tell your story. So you find whatever that common element is between your story and their life, and you use that as a way to tell your story. And look, remember, the goal is not necessarily for them to make a choice right there in the moment. I mean, now if they do, that's great. But really the goal is just to tell your story. Just tell your story and then trust God that he will use that story to help, go, help them change their life and go the way that he wants them to go. So that, that's what you gotta do. You gotta just use your story, okay? Now, second thing we gotta do is we gotta use the church. Gotta use the church. Now I want you to look what happens like literally the very next day. Like the very next day, okay? This other guy, other disciple, his name is Philip. He went to find his friend Nathaniel. And we know that Phil and Nate were friends because Phil goes specifically to find Nate, okay? And then look what happens. Here it is. John 1 verse 43. It says, the next day, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Like, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Now, I want you to circle, come and see. Circle, come and see. Okay, so basically, um, Nathaniel makes this derogatory comment about Jesus, and, and really, Phil, he has no idea how to respond. Phil's got no idea how to respond. So, in, look, instead of getting angry about it and getting in an argument about it, Phil basically just says, hey, come see for yourself. Like, just, just come check it out for yourself, okay? He, he doesn't get into argument about it, okay? He doesn't say something dumb like, well, your, your house is on fire and I just came to warn you. No. And he doesn't kind of create a hostage situation where like, hey, how about you and I like take a camel ride together, just us, and we'll talk. I, I got a two-hump camel, like come with me. Like, no, 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 he didn't do that. Look, and like that, like that would be the original Dooley, wouldn't it? Yeah. That was a joke, that was supposed to be funny, but it's... <laughs> 
it kind of died the other service too. Like, I'm gonna leave that out. Okay, so. So, but he, but point is, he like he didn't, he didn't create like an awkward situation with the guy, and he doesn't get into an argument with about him either. Okay, so look, let me ask this: When was the last time you got into a talk with somebody, and, you, and the topic of God or Jesus or whatever came up, and that person made a derogatory comment about God, about Jesus, or about your faith, or about just Christianity in general? I mean, I think we've all experienced that at some point. But look. In that moment, it is almost pointless to get into an argument with that person about it. So, so don't, don't do that. Because getting to, in that kind of a debate almost yields no fruit. So sometimes the best strategy is just to say, you know what, come in here for yourself. Just, just like Philip did, just said, come in here for yourself. So if you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to respond, or you don't think you can explain it well enough, don't get into an argument about it. Just say, you know what? Come in here for yourself. And the best way to help make that happen is to invite them to come to church so they can come in here for themselves. Now, for me growing up, like this was always a little bit dicey because I never knew what my pastor was gonna preach about and I never knew for sure, was he going to actually tell people about how to become a Christ follower? I, for instance, I remember one time when I was in high school, like I'd been inviting this person to come to church for months, one of my friends. And uh, finally my friend came and I was really pumped, I was excited. And so, you know, we're sitting there in church together and that day, the whole sermon was only about money. I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, right? And, I was, and so I looked over at my friend and my friend looked at me and was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, next week. And they're like, And so, you know what, after that experience, like I made a commitment, I made a commitment that to God, that no matter what happens in church, like, and what we're talking about in church, like we are going to talk about, at some point, about how a person can become a Christ follower. And and every service at Parkway Fellowship, every single Sunday, at some point in time, we're going to talk about how to become a Christ follower. Whether we're talking about money, whether we're talking about marriage, or about parenting, or about time management, or anger, or stress, or whatever, at some point in time, we're going to talk about how a person become a Christ follower. Because if you work so hard to invite a friend to come and they finally say, yes, okay, I'll come, like the worst thing I could do would be to not talk about the one thing that that person needs to hear, right? So we're always going to do that, no matter what. So let me just ask this. For you, has there ever come a time in your life where you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins and trusted him for your eternity? See, that's why Jesus died on a cross. He died so that his death could purchase your forgiveness, but... You have to ask for that forgiveness for yourself. Now, you can't just go, oh, well, Jesus, forgive me for everything, and then just, you know, live your life however you want to and go along your merry way. No, 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 that's that's not it. Because inherent in that offer of forgiveness is a call to live your life for Jesus. And so basically, you have to have the attitude that says, you know what, Jesus, if you were willing to die for me, then I'm willing to live for you. That's what being a true Christian is really all about. 
And so if you're ready to ask Jesus to forgive you, because look, that's the only way you go to heaven is to have everything, for your, all of your sins forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you're ready to make that commitment, but also part of that is to follow him as best you can. Doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect. None of us are. It just means I'm gonna do my best to follow him as best I can. If you haven't made that commitment yet and you wanna do that today, you're ready to make that commitment today, there's a simple prayer that you can pray. It's in your message notes at the bottom of the page. If you've never prayed that prayer before, pray it right now. Pray that prayer today. And by the way, um, I don't know if you know this, but so far this year, this year, so far, 216 people have prayed that exact prayer in church. 216 people have prayed that exact prayer in church. That's awesome. And so now that is part of their story about how they became a Christ follower, which goes to say that inviting people to church works. Using the church works. It worked for the disciples. It works still today. Now, one of the best things about making it work actually starts next week, because next week we're kicking off a really big fall campaign, our really big fall series. Every fall we do a really big series that always touches on an issue that pretty much everybody in the community deals with at some point in time in their lives. And next week is no different. Next week we're kicking off that fall series, and that fall series is called Stretched Thin. Because I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my life like I have felt stretched way too thin. But the problem is, is like I just can't quit everything. So I'm feeling, you know, overworked, you know, maxed out, overloaded, but at the same time, like I, I feel powerless to really do much about it. Well, what does God say about that? How does God want us to live so we're not so stretched thin, but we just don't quit everything in the process. I'm telling you, that starts next week and it is going to be fabulous. It's the perfect series to invite somebody to. So in your seat, there's a pack of five invite cards. Invite five people, use the church, invite five people to come to the Stretch Thin series. Starts next Sunday, it is going to be amazing. And your kids and your teenagers will be learning about this same sort of topic in their level, in their classrooms as well. It's gonna be great, okay? All right, third thing is this. We need to grow in small group. We need to grow in small group. In Luke 16, it says this. is the next morning, now this isn't like the third day, okay? This is a different passage. We're in Luke now, so it's just telling it part of the story. And the next day, Jesus called his followers to him and chose 12 of them whom he named apostles, okay? Now, the scene is that there's this large group of people that are following Jesus, but out of this large group of people, Jesus chooses 12 dudes. So he chooses these 12 dudes that are gonna follow him, and that he's gonna be close with them. He, they're gonna be close with him, and he's gonna really teach them so that they can become apostles. Now, here's the thing. The word apostle, and this is your fill-in, the word apostle means sent. It means sent. Now here's the odd thing. The disciples really didn't spend a lot of time being sent. They, for most of the time, like they just stayed. Like they just stayed with Jesus. 
So what's the deal here? I know you're probably thinking, oh yeah, but Pastor Mike, I mean, I think Jesus is probably talking about like after he leaves the earth, then they're going to be sent out into the world. Well, okay, maybe, but if that's true, then why did Jesus tell them that they designate them as apostles at this stage of the game? Because this is on the front end. This is three years before Jesus is going to be crucified. Three years. Why wouldn't Jesus just wait until you know, near the end, he goes, hey, by the way, guys, I'm designating you as apostles because you're to be sent out of the world. Why wouldn't Jesus do that? Well, I think the real deal is, is because Jesus wasn't really talking about something that only was going to happen later. I think Jesus was talking about then and there. Because sometimes we miss what Jesus knew, and he knew that in order for them to be effective while they were, when they were sent, they had to spend some time growing while they were staying. You know what? You and I are no different. If we're going to be sent out into the world to help people understand about Christ, then the truth is, you and I, we also have to grow in our own faith. And one of the best ways to do that is to do exactly what the disciples did, and that is to be a part of a small group. Because that's what the disciples were. Twelve guys, they were part of a small group. I mean, a small group is essentially between 10 and 15 people that meet together every week to grow closer to Christ and grow closer to each other. That's exactly what the disciples spent all their time doing. And as you and I, as we grow closer to Christ and grow closer to each other, it helps us grow and become more effective when we're sent out, right? Okay, let me say it another way. And this is, this is your feeling. This is the part you need to write down. See, being in a small group isn't just about growing, but growing so I am better at going. It's growing so that I'm better at going. See, in small group, like, that's where you're going to open your Bible, okay? That's where you're going to study, you're going to learn, you're going to ask questions, you're going to hear from other people in the group. That's when you're going to grow in your faith. And look, that's not just for adults, like, that's for teenagers, and it's for kids, kindergarten and up as well, okay? For instance, a um, number of weeks ago, a mom in our church uh, posted a post on Facebook, and um, it was about something that happened at school with her third grade son named AJ. Um, the mom's name is Christy Scalacci, and so let's put this post up on the screen. Let's put this post up there. Let's read this, okay? She posts, my conversation with AJ. Mom, I was talking to a friend in my class about Jesus. You know, me, hey, heart emoji. And he's wrong. I told him Jesus is God's son, and he came to earth and then died on the cross, washing our sins away so we can go to heaven to be with God. Right? Yes. Well, he said I was wrong. I told him, look, man, I've done three years of small groups. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I love that. I love that. I love that for him. I love that for him. I love that for their whole family. Because look, here's the deal. Not only did AJ learn about Christ and grow in his confidence in Christ through small group, but he also grew in his boldness. Don't you want your third grader to be that bold? Don't you want your teenager to be that bold? Wouldn't you like to be that bold? 
Well, that kind of boldness and that kind of confidence comes from after spending time in small group, growing in your faith. That's where that happens. And that's what happened to him. So look, if you haven't signed up for small group, you need to do that today. If you haven't signed up your kids, if you haven't signed up your teenagers, you need to sign them up today because small group starts this week. And I'm telling you, you can sign up on the Parkway Fellowship app. You can sign up on our website. You can sign up out in the lobby today. You can sign up on your connection card. I don't care how you sign up, but get you and your whole family signed up for small group, okay? Do that. All right, one more verse, then we're gonna go. Look at this last verse, or set of verses. One of my favorite verses in the entire New Testament. Check it out. Acts 17, 26 and 27. From one man, he, that's God, made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And... He, again, God, determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. Now, you know what these verses mean? They mean that God has determined the time in history in which you would be born and he determined the place on earth where you would live. God already determined that. And why did he do that? He did it so that you would have the best chance for you, considering your makeup, your personality, what would go on in your life, so that you would have the very best chance to believe in him. That's why God allowed you to be born at this time in history and to live in this place so that you would have the very, very best chance to believe in him and in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, you know what this also means? It also means that God did the very same thing for everybody else that you will ever meet. That God allowed them to be born in this place and to live here in our area, to be in your work group at your office, to go to your school, to live on your street, to be in your community, to be parents on the same ball team as your kid or whatever activity your kids are in. He did that for them so that they would have the best chance to become a believer as well. And part of God's reaching out to them might be that God would want to use you to reach out to them through your story, through your invitation to come to church, through your conversation, God would want to use you to reach out to them because God allowed them to be born and to live here so that they could come become a Christ follower too. And so as Christ followers, we have to tell people, we have to invite people. That's why all this is so important because God wants to use you. Look, you can't live your life like a Christian atheist and just say nothing. Because at that point, God's will, God might as well not even exist. But because he does, you have to live like a real Christian, okay? Look, not making things awkward for people and weird, but by just saying, hey, here's my story. Here's what he did for me. Hey, come in here for yourself. And then all the while, growing in your faith by being a part of a small group of people who are all wanting to do the same thing. See, that's living like a Christian. That's living like you really believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
I, I, just, I just want to say thank you for the disciples and just, just how natural and genuine and authentic they were in sharing their faith and inviting people and reaching out to those that are around them. And thank you that it just wasn't awkward or weird for them or other folks. And so Lord, I ask that you would help us to learn from that and not make it awkward or weird. That you would let us just tell our story for, you know, whether it's glamorous or it just seems really ordinary, it doesn't matter. You've brought change in our hearts and lives, so help us to tell our story. Help us to invite people to church and help us to grow deeper in our faith so that we're better at inviting people and telling our story. And so I ask that you would use all of this for your power and glory in our lives and bring us back next week as we kick off the Stretch Thin series and ask you to do it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.